It's perky, it's perky. It's the morning, and it's been quite a while since our last record session because I had a baby. Aww. Yay! Yay. Yay. So I had a little baby. Uh, he's love of my life, he's joy, but I'm not sleeping. And we're, we're recording in the morning. So forgive me. Any slip ups, <laughs> any. Just if I fall That's off the right. chair they, they, at any point. Forgive all the other ones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm, too, I'm too tired to handle that. <laughs> I can't. No, no. So we're here, we're back. This is episode. I, I don't know what episode this is. I think I'm going to stop doing episode numbers. That's fine, mate. Because we like, yeah. we're like beyond numbers now. <laughs> like there is no number. Can you put a number on time <laughs> or on quality? Yes, that was my last lecture. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else got anything to say before we dive in? Can you put a number on time? Something entirely <laughs> defined. You, you just want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to clarify that. Okay. I, I, I don't even have the excuse of having a baby. <laughs> it's going to be a real no and session today. <laughs> Previously on Critical Ditto. Theo, the, the maglev train now is, is moving, but it's got its own momentum now. They hit a Golurk in the desert biome. It comes to quite a violent halt. Aster is unconscious and it looks bad. And I think through come all the upstairs paladins and they're led by Laban. We're throwing down, Theo. You Great. and I, let's go. Laban gives you a, an, an opening and Meditite comes out slightly hovering off the ground and just palm connects. This hole in the sand starts opening and Aster starts descending into this this tube. You, Asta, Meditite, Kabuto, down into some unknown region. Kenny, Andros looks out of control, overcome by something and had this crazy transformation into a Golduck human merman hybrid. Parts of it are rippling, they look unstable. You actually both get taken down the chute into this atrium area. Andros is mine and your mind are linked for a second and suddenly you're in Andros's mind palace. Brandy, you see both Andros and Kenny, who have been locked, collapse. There's like some falling rubble or a bit of tree branch falls and blocks you in the room. You hear an elevator door ding behind you. I'd say these two were quite impressive candidates, wouldn't you? I think we should start in the Mind Palace. Let's start by describing exactly what this, this area of Andros's Mind Palace looks like. We saw the Golduck and Kenny get sort of overtaken by this dark, sludgy material mm. and end up in what I see as the Stranger Things when Eleven is accessing people and searching for people. She sort of walks through this completely black void feet in some kind of weird liquid and there's like images that she can access, scenes, moments that if she sort of heads towards them she can listen in on, find out about. That's kind of how I see this mm. area of the Mind Palace. This is rather than the room, the personal room that belonged to Kenny or Andros or wherever we've been. This is like the internet of Mind Palaces. <laughs> You know, you can jack Andros it. Andros frantically trying to clear his history. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where you guys are. And for the minute, everything seems completely blank. Kenny, how are you feeling? What are you doing? Can I see Andros? You can hear Andros. You can hear a voice, a heated argument, discussion, this hazy, misty area just ahead of you. And you can hear a noise coming from that. Well, I want to walk, swim, do whatever I can to... You want a triathlon over to that yeah, misty... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like right. a hop, skip and a jump. Yeah. As, the, as the mist sort of clears, you see Andros's bedroom, posters on the wall, swim trophies. Maybe there's like this Pokemon decal of water Pokemon at a swim meet with their trainers. There's like a slightly too suggestive star you. 
So is this is this a Staryu who maybe is famous from the Pokalethic Games? Maybe yes. a Staryu and their trainer yes. who won gold at the last Pokalethic mm. Games. It's like yes. the sort of Michael Phelps of the yeah. of the Formia region. Ironically, also called Michael Phelps. <laughs> sure, sure. By pure chance. By pure chance, it's Michael Phelps. And as we enter this bedroom, Andros is arguing with someone, a coach. Trent. Trent, okay. Who is berating Andros for a poor performance in the latest swim meet. Andros, that just wasn't good enough. You come to the meet, you've got to perform, you've got to bring your A game, and frankly, you didn't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying, I don't, don't know what to I tell you. You like, try, well, there's trying, isn't there? And then there's putting in the effort and getting results. How I, can I do any more than I already am? Well, I don't know, utilize Psyduck more. How? Well, just get him to water pulse you from behind. Look, there's all sorts of techniques people are playing, and you, frankly, are not up to scratch. You want to be like Michael Phelps? You got Michael Phelps on the wall? You know what he does is star you, turns star you into a little propeller. And puts it on his behind and yeah, zips off. It's clever. It's good. That's how the Pokalethic games work. And I, frankly, Andros, <laughs> didn't know any of that. Well, that's why you. That's why you're failing, isn't it, Andros? That's why I hired you, right. Trent. And I'm I'm the best. Trent Trent, Trent Bombadom, <laughs> swim swim champion of the local surf load area from from 1962 to 1962 and a half. But those six months were the best of my life. And if you want to keep me as your trainer and you want to rise to the top. Like I know you do, like your father expects you to do. You need to listen to me, and you need to work harder. And he just, he just leaves, he slams the bedroom door, and the star you poster just flops onto the bed face down. Yeah. And Andros is just left there, like, head in hands, Psyduck is there, like, Psyduck. He's sweating profusely. And then the, the scene just fades, it just fades away. Kenny, we've got Pete, we've got Tuki. It's me, Tuki again. I just thought I'd re-establish that it's me. No, I appreciate that. I'm always one for introductions. Where the hell are we? <laughs> That's a very good question. Did anybody feel strangely aroused by that star you? No one, no. Oh my, oh my goodness. Pete, what do you say? Classic I, Pete. I just feel a lot of strong emotions about that flashing, strange creature. <laughs> you need to keep this in your own mind palace, Pete, okay? I don't want to go in there ever. Okay, into Pete's mind palace. <laughs> There's a Kenny and a Tuki on each shoulder. Yes. As we know, and they're making out. As we know, time moves ten times slower in each progressive mind palace as you go down. As this scene fades away, maybe another scene fades up. This one is just Andros on his own training. This is post Trent Bombadom. Montage! Yeah, a training montage. And you can see Andros straining every sinew, every muscle trying to get on. Psyduck. Whereabouts is he training? In the sea. Is he in the sea? I think he's in the sea. In Surflow Sea, yeah. Like between two bollards, just like boom, boom, boom. It's going back, forth, back, forth. I mean, he's not counting reps, but you can assume this is like a thousand and three. Most normal people would stop there. That's a milestone. But no, Andros trains harder because people expect things of Andros. The town of Surflow needs Andros. We see Andros swimming on the sea, like training so hard with Sido. But it's not, it's not working, right? And we cut to the swim meet, and it's a loss. Back <gasps> to training, swim meet, another loss. loss. Swim meet, training, and he's training even harder now, like, sort of, I don't know how, he's so pruned, because he's been in the sea for so long. Salt in his mouth, he's still losing. It's the dark night of the soul moment for Andros. He's sat on a boy, 
just bobbing in the sea. <laughs> B U O I. B U O I. Yeah, yeah. Son of boy. There's a sharpedo just circling. Help me, please. <laughs> son of boy. <laughs> Why is Barnaby Tim? <laughs> <laughs> I know my role. And he's head in hands, sweat and sea water dripping off him. Psyduck just sat there, inconsolable too. Maybe there's a moment where Psyduck reaches out, touches Andros, tries to reassure him, and Andros sort of throws him off. One more time. One more time to that, that other boy and sort of goes in the water and Andros is exhausted. There's, there's nothing else going on in his mind. It's empty, his muscles are drained, but he's still pushing, pushing. And as he pushes his body to breaking point. Almost he's trying to, he's sort of swimming down. Yeah, he's yeah. Swimming down and down. He wants to see, you know, train and get more. And Psyduck's sort of pulling him back, going like, no, this is too... You're going too far. too far, too far. Mm. Too deep, too deep. And he keeps going, keeps, keeps going, going down. down. He just blacks out. Yeah. Deep under the water. Yes. And then... We see, we, suddenly we all we go back to the next scene where he's back on the beach, but he wakes up. Yeah, he doesn't so remember again. He doesn't remember how, how he got to the beach. Nice. He's just woken up. He's just woken up. On this beach. The hint of a, a little red imprint on the forehead. Mm. Right? But he just thinks it's a spot. Yeah, it's like, oh, man. Pimples? Really? <laughs> Thanks, world. <laughs> I lose all my swimming meets and now a spot? Oh, great. And it's the night of the prom. <laughs> oh, cut to prom. Oh. Is the Brandy there? Is Brandy at the prom? Um, Did Brandy go to the surf like prom? Andros is younger than... Ah, I suppose. Than, uh, is Brandy at the prom? Yeah, Brandy's, Brandy's, <laughs> Brandy's serving drinks at the prom. She's got a summer job. Yeah, summer job <laughs> yes. at the prom. Okay. 80s Pokemon Would tunes. Like orange and prune juice? Orange and prune juice? Yeah, sure, sure, all right. Why are you still at this school? All right, I'm just trying to make a bit of money, all right? I've got, I've got plans. Wait, I've did, got plans, I'm not a loser. Did she, did she go here? How old are you? Oh, she's I got, know, she's got to be at least 30, 40. 30, 40? Are you kidding me with my complexion? I don't know. Yeah, that's right, you're probably about 50, 60. 50, 60? Who are you, Tamsin? Well, I'm sorry, you just... I know, I know your sister, mate, and I'll tell you what, she's really ugly. Oh. How about that? Everybody oh, always sisters. uses my sister. So yeah, so Brandy's there serving drinks and Andros. Brandy's there serving drinks, getting into arguments with teenagers <laughs> as, as she's in the class. Uh, Andros has a crush. Oh, I think between this, Andros has won a swim meet. Mm. Won, yeah. won their first yeah, swim meet. The last one. Didn't oh, really know how, yeah. but just suddenly was cutting through that water like a knife mm. through butter and won the fight, the final swim meet of the year. The one that was like taking the swim team to nationals broke school record broke the school record mm. everyone's suddenly like oh my god Andros you're amazing yeah. and he gets the girl and he's like yes this is it this is my prom this is the moment I've been waiting for it's a slow dance yeah Trent after the meet begged to come back so I think Trent fired Andros basically was like I'm not training you you're worthless or whatever yeah and then after Trent's the win please please let I, 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 you've got potential I, I, I knew it I saw it I, I, you know that right Andros Cool. We have Trent and Whiskey as the chaperones at the prom. It's <laughs> hosted awkwardly by a punch bowl. As <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Whiskey, how long's your husband been away for? My husband? She takes a look at Celia. Celia? <laughs> a while. Not long enough, I would say. So you're still a thing? I don't really know. It depends. If you're asking me out, then yes, my husband and I are still a thing. But if you're just asking as a friend, then no, it's been over for years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't really know what to do with that information. I'm going to go to the punch bowl. Some 16-year-old boy teenager says, Oh, Trent, take the hint. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're blowing this. <laughs> 
so yeah, so it's the slow dance. It's the final dance of the night. I've got to say, Andros has a lot of memories that don't involve him. <laughs> Is anybody feeling strangely attracted to that Trent fellow? <laughs> you need to stop finding everything strangely attracting. <laughs> so yeah, slow dance. Put some nice slow dancing music under this. And there's, it's him and- Clarissa. Clarissa. They're dancing and Andros is, Clarissa, you know, I've looked at the back of your head in pokey studies for, uh, for four years now. Notoriously the sexiest part of me. <laughs> I just want to say, I'm so happy I'm here with you tonight. Me too, Clarissa. Wait, he's Wait, being oh. <laughs> I did not realise that. This is really stupid. <laughs> I, I love that you use your own name to talk about other people, Clarissa. It's such a fun trait. Um, oh, I meant me too. Yeah. Comma, Clarissa. Oh, nice, nice. Anyway, yeah, this is just, this is a real dream come true. And as the music climaxes, he goes in for the kiss. But then suddenly his skin starts getting a bit sweaty and moist and underneath the, the, the prom clothes, the fingers start to, to web a little bit. Goes in for the kiss and realises something weird's happening. Ditches Clarissa, goes to the bathroom and looks in the mirror. Oh my god, he's got a beak! He's got a beak! He's got a, just a beak! Just a <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> I'm not Oh my god! <laughs> And then this incredibly long scene fades away. <laughs> Such a long scene. So many vignettes. So many vignettes. <laughs> and then the final, the final scene, minutes before you arrived in the swimming biome, Kenny. Mm. I think it's that conversation that Andros was having with Frey in the biome. Frey, the white-haired lady in a sarong. That's the one that we haven't seen that much of. <laughs> and and flip-flops. may not remember. <laughs> Look, why do you keep following me? I'm not interested. I don't want this, okay? I just want to swim. You're special. You are... How? How did this happen? You must have noticed, Andros. Of course I noticed. Why do you think I ran away? I turned into a beaky monster. That is a fair point, and I accept that, okay? Every time I go into water, which is what I did for my entire life, I transform into this thing. Andros, Andros, calm. Deep breaths. I keep accidentally hurting people because I've got a beak. Well, stop pecking them. (laughs) Listen, it's fine. I can help. If you help me... You can help get rid of this or get it under wraps? Under wraps? Let's say that. What do you need me to do? It's simple, Andros. All you need to do is come with me and try to open, and just as she's about to finish that sentence, there's a splash in the pool, and you see the pair of them look over, and Kenny, you see yourself, like, popping out of the pool with bow tie and moustache. The splash then causes him to lose balance. Frey goes to try and catch him. She doesn't, but it looks like, yeah. from Kenny's perspective, that Frey had pushed him into the pool. Great. Yeah. But okay. Actually, he's just fallen in. Perfect. And he falls into the pool, and as he falls, and the splash occurs, and we sort of return to what we know happened, the scene fades away again. And, and Kenny says, "Yeah, I'm right. The bow tie is a good look." <laughs> I think so, Kenny. I'm totally with you. Don't listen to what anyone else has to say. I think it really brings out your beautiful, slender neck. <laughs> I think you should start wearing a sarong as well. <laughs> I think it's a great look. I've got another look at it now. You truly are evil. <laughs> sarong, it's right. <laughs> as that scene fades away, I think we just now see Andros like hugging his own knees 
in the present of wherever this is on his own. 100% got the beak. Got this weird Golduck beak. He's part Mer Golduck, part human. And he's just sobbing a bit, breathing heavily. <laughs> Kenneth, I, I don't think you should go over there. I, I'm scared. He's, he's a bit dangerous. Tukey, people have said that about me before. And Kenny goes over there and sits down next to him. And Kenny <laughs> tries to... He knows the policy of mind palaces. He tries to conjure up the policy. Yeah, that's the, the written right doctrine. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's read section four. He's read the contract. <laughs> he tries to conjure up a moment from his life where his power overtook him. I want to go back to the very first time it happened. And bear in mind, Kenny was so young that actually his parents have told him about this. Kenny doesn't remember Ooh, it. Ooh, okay, so this is like a... So actually, it's a memory that's been imprinted on him by his parents. It's like when you see a photo and be like, I remember that, but... Yeah, exactly. Does that mean it's all like a little bit cartoony and not quite like real? Yeah, yeah. And his, his dad is like super powerful and strong. And his I'm mom... big dad, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And his mum is like the most nurturing, lovely woman. Hello, lovely Kenny. <laughs> Sweet boy. And Kenny's only started walking. He's sort of run out into the garden. The end, end of the field and there's oh, a little don't go too far, Kenny. there's a little drop <gasps> normally he's not been a problem because he hasn't fallen over the end before because he's new to walking but he doesn't quite realize that so he goes over the end <gasps> and as he's falling his mum tries to catch him no <laughs> <laughs> and as he's falling she expects to hear like a thunk and for him to be in pain but actually she looks down and Kenny's just hovered just above the ground Holy moly, he has the ability to levitate. <laughs> and then, like, slowly drops down. Oh, so he's fine. So Kenny's fine. fine. Kenny's fine, yeah. So just at the bottom of this little he just, ditch. He just, like, falls down, stops, and then slowly is gently put oh. on the, onto the ground. And then the memory disappears. Ooh. I don't think that's anything we have to worry about, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Not for at least another 10, 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Uncle Pete. Okay, so that's what fades. That's what fades. Okay, Andros yeah. looks up. How are you here? I have no idea. But it's not the first time someone's entered a mind palace. Happened with me and my friend Theo. You... you have experiences like this? Yes. Several. I have many experiences that you do. I thought it was just me. Nope. And you know what? Last time I was in a scary place in a mind palace, someone came in and they helped me escape it. And I'm going to do the same for you. I don't think I should escape. I've hurt people. I pushed a girl down the stairs accidentally. I, I've unleashed powers in this tree. I've released thousands of rabid cast forms. I burnt and scarred my sister's face and she absolutely adores me. I ran away for her protection. So I should run away? I'm not saying that. I'm saying despite our issues, there are still people who care about us. Kenny, no one's going to love me. I am a monster. And I can do... Numerous different things that I can't even control, but there must be something out there that can help us. There was this woman, Frey, who said she could help somehow. I... Look, I'm going to level with you, Andros. The tree's about to explode and we need to get out of here, so we don't have the time for this. Kenny grabs his hand and tries to make an exit somehow. Oh, okay. Let's, let's do a roll. Kenny, make a forceful roll. That's a seven minus one. No! I didn't want to hear that! No, no, no. <laughs> That's for the good of the story. In order to help you sort of force an exit, Pete and Tuki are helping you in this sort of mental, so they're sort of spinning around, almost floating, and they've created, you can always see through it, like the exit, and you see sort of Calico standing there, Brandy standing there, and you can see the exit way out, and you're sort of dragging across, but the, it's slowly getting smaller, the kind of, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. I've got to go, come on, we've it's got to quite, go. It's a strain to keep it open. Come on, Andros, we need to make a move for it. 
Let's run! Kenny, you clearly have people who care about you and think that you can survive in this world. Andros, no! That's not true! Oh, I care about you! I'm trying to help! Don't push me away! I know where pushes, you're going with this. No, you. no, I won't give up on you! Through the, through the gate, and it closes, and you see Andros just shunk. So Theo, you are tumbling down this tube, sand, aster, everything, and comes out of this now dried fountain. I think because mm-hmm. the fountain got broken and shattered by Kenny and Andros's confrontation. So it's now not shooting water anywhere. And I mean, it's a heavy landing, but I think the sand from the desert biome dampens your fall enough to not take any harm. God, I'm at two, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who says I'm not kind? You're, you know, clutching Asta close to you. Meditar and Kabuto were both out with you. So the sand spreads into the room, instantly gets sodden and damp, that sticky, horrible sand with the with the rain from the cast forms. And you see across the room, Kenny on the floor, Andros on the floor, and Brandy and Calico facing off from one another. The main door to the atrium blocked by this falling debris from whatever the cast form chaos is happening. And there's flashes, flashes of... Flashes of... Oh, this is... Boom. <laughs> Boom. Oh. <laughs> Lightning. <laughs> there it is. There it is. This is the really camp cast form. I'm using an electric terrain. <laughs> there's all sorts of weather going on. What do you do? Luckily, a complete random gambit managed to carry us back into this room. And we're now... Free there's no battle going on around us but beyond breaks and having cauterized a couple of wounds yeah. we're still just as lost as we were so there's this before. wide-eyed Theo the braided hair now stuck slightly to, yeah. to Theo's face with the rain the sweat yeah. everything a look of confusion and panic as, as someone who's so sure ordinarily of what their path to do is yeah. is acting entirely on an instinct yeah. how does Theo feel about that? I mean I think Theo recalled this previously with this whole chaos but I think it comes back again that this is the tower recreated 2.0, it's, yeah. it's chaos, it's destruction there's no there's no knowledge that can be used in this situation but again Theo is also somebody who reads a room very quickly when they're in it and mm. not only is Theo now aware that they're carrying this increasingly wounded figure of Aster but there is some sort of battle going on in which Brandy is very wounded did whilst going on with this battle there is a comatose slightly lesser than yourself <laughs> slightly lesser than myself <laughs> who is also in terrible pain um, there is also a comatose person who is sort of half deluged in sand yeah. lying nearby and yeah. also Kenny looking like they're in a real a real moment yeah. like there, there's nothing in this room that looks like it's going to help in any way shape or form but I think that Theo also knows that Aster is the priority still in this situation mm-hmm. that Theo is soothed by the presence of which is probably shocking to Theo in its own way to be sh- to be soothed by Brandy and Kenny but it's been so long since they've all been together that it's a bit like okay when we're together we've dealt with some pretty terrible things we have fought some bug catchers <laughs> <laughs> but in this situation although that is a comfort to Theo I think that returns them to that moment it's like okay this is chaotic this is crazy but these people who I can relatively depend on are here and we've dealt with a storm destroying a town and a bomb destroying a tower we can deal with this as well and then I think Theo has a moment of clarity to remember that 
there is a Pokemon center, there are medical staff somewhere in this building. Yeah. And so Theo's logic is to just ignore everything else going on in this room, not try and help anyone, and just try and find what they don't know yet is a medical ursaring. Okay, well, you've so seen the Ursaring. So, yes, I have seen the Ursaring. So you're looking for Teddy? Yes. Okay. Is there a single Ursaring or is there a staff of Ursaring? Or is there a staff of like Ordinos and one Ursaring who's just trying to make it in the world of medicine? I like the idea of all the Ordinos and <laughs> one Ursaring who like somehow... Started in the mailroom. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a bit of discrimination against them from the Ordinos. They think he'll never make it. Ordino. All Ursaring wanted was an Ordi yes. And all they got was a world of Ordinos. <laughs> oh man, there's, there's, so, there's probably so many sassy Ordinos who are sort of like checking the medical equipment and even if there's like a little scalpel out of place Teddy gets the blame oh, Teddy, yeah. Teddy goes oh, yeah, on the yeah. report you know yeah. um, okay so you're looking you're looking for specifically for Teddy yes okay so roll an inquisitive roll plus inquisitive okay. please seven plus one eight great I think the minor cost here is that you don't see Teddy Ursaring in the room mm. but I think you do see maybe a cast form fires an energy ball at an area on the second level on the mezzanine there's a small explosion but what that does is reveal the flashing like medic bay area that energy ball just draws your attention to the second mezzanine level and you go all right okay that's probably where teddy is if teddy's going to be anywhere that's where i think teddy would be using some pieces of knowledge from previously and also the fact that theo is very wounded and the fact that it's a mezzanine level realizing that physical labor is not going to do this at this moment and realizing that brakes and meditite earlier are able to control train. the train mm -hmm. that theo decides to try and get the two pokemon to levitate asta up to the medical bay great okay so i'm rolling for forceful yep eight plus zero so, so eight I, i'm gonna say the minor cost is that this is quite taxing for meditite i'm gonna say that on meditite's next roll whatever it may be maybe you're a disadvantage so you can see meditite straining quite hard not so used to levitating human beings and has also used quite a lot of their yeah. mental energy moving the train mm. or in fact the way that you notice meditite is straining is meditite stops levitating meditite has to stand and actually use their legs to stand what i know Metatite always skips leg day. <laughs> uh, but Brexian notices that Metatite's struggling a little bit and helps out because obviously Asta is in a state. And the pair of them get Asta up to the mezzanine level. And I think Metatite looks at you, understands it's that wordless Theo Metatite communication. The pair of them should go up and take care of Asta, basically. Mm. And Brexian and Metatite head off to the mezzanine level, leaving you with Kabuso. And so waddle. And Swaddle, yes. I think Swaddle, Swaddle's in their Pokeball, right? Yeah. yeah. But Kabuto has no idea what's Kabuto's going on. <laughs> Kabuto's just on your head, almost mm. like a sort of brown hat. Try, trying to do the braids back up with the little pincers. Kabuto's a really good hairdresser? Yeah, I think yeah. Cool. Yeah. they'd be snipping away, wouldn't, wouldn't Okay, yeah. Really, really well. Just really that. into self-care, Kabuto. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite soothing for Theo, kind of like a head oh, like a, Yeah, really lovely. Yeah. So in this, yeah, in this moment of chaos and everything, it's a quite a nice bonding moment, I think. Mm. It's actually just trying to soothe Theo, mm. give you a little scout massage. What is going on here? Should we just go into just, the scene? Should we just go in? We've just Dragon Ball Z. We're just staring at each other for five minutes. <laughs> 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 Brandy, Brandy does that and Calico goes. Uh, uh, 
oh my god, I can't cope with this level of power. That's only five episodes of content right there. Did, by the way, did, did Brandy lie to Calico about what her name was? I think she did. Yeah, she did. You did say Breezy, but he also watched the fight that very clearly said, Brandy! You lied about your name, Brandy. Yeah, well, can you blame me, mate? I mean, you're very, you're very much a sinister figure, I thought. I asked you to do a simple task for me, and in return, I bandaged your wounds and promised not to give you any more wounds. It seems like a fair trade to me. <laughs> and yet, you, you lie to me. That hurts me, Brandy. You're, you see, Brandy sort of looked down a bit at Baneri for a bit of strength. <laughs> Brandy's really nervous about this. Baneri. Wimpy's been healed since the match with Heron, but Wimpy's ego took a blow. I think Wimpy had been feeling quite good about themselves, had taken down a Carvana, had been proving themselves in Wimpy's eyes the true strong Pokemon that Wimpy believed themselves to be. But that fight with Heron was a truth bomb. And, and Wimpy realized, I'm not strong enough. I'm not strong enough to protect Brandy. Gary was right. In the corner, we see the Sork just leaning against a wall. Sork. We see like a rogue cast form. Goes near Sork and Sork just punches it. Sork, Sork! Is it, yeah. Could it be the camp cast form? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Brandy sees him would be a sort of nervousness now. She grabs him and says, and says, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. And takes the paw, takes squeeze, the takes the ear, and the ear squeezes back. Well, you know what hurt me, Calico? What? Destroy my hometown? How about that? That hurt a lot more than anything that was done to me today. Sure, this kid threw me down the stairs, but that doesn't hurt nearly as much as it does to look at you. It doesn't hurt nearly as much as to look at your face and know that you are the one responsible, and I can't really do anything about that, because you've got this super-powered Pokemon there. What is, is he doing tricks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that hurts more. It hurts going up and thinking that you can win something and then losing bad. Going up into a tournament, you think, yeah. I, I can win this, and then getting a reality check. That's the thing, Brandy. The world is not a fantasy land. Things don't work like that. The weak lose and are discarded, pointedly looks at Wimpy, and the strong survive and benefit, and Team Nautilus are strong, and none of you are gonna get in my way. All right, I might be weak, I might not be ready for this. But I said I was going to be the Pokemon champion, and the Pokemon champion stands up for people even when they think they can't win. If I let you take him now, I don't have any right to be on this journey at all. So if I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm going to lose bad, but I have to at least give it a go. By all means. Who's that Pokemon? Capital. Absolutely freezing. Oh, I see. We received a question on Twitter from at Alchemy13Mike. Thanks for this question. Who asked, if we were to like cast characters from the podcast using actors from either Harry Potter, Doctor Who, or Game of Thrones, who would we use? And who would we cast them as? Assuming they accept the very generous offer we sent oh, to the Oh, they'd accept it. I mean, come on. Come this on. is this would be this would be bigger than Marvel. This, this is the next big thing. And Game of Thrones is done now, so I mean, yeah, you know, Kit Harrington's looking for a job. I Open would table. literally have based a character on a Harry Potter actor. 
Oh yeah, that's very true. Penny is based on Luna Love. That's almost too easy. So I'm going to go with Ivana Lynch. Was that her name? Ivana Lynch. Is that her name? That's her name, isn't it? Ivana Lynch. You know, gender swapping. Why not? Mm. I like it. I like mm. the idea. Of I think Ivana can handle and Penny. Yeah, exactly. You just give her black hair, black purpley hair, and she'd be good to go. I think. Wait, wait, wait purpley hair? Yeah, he's got black hair with a tinge of purple. I'm learning something new every day. Adding in law. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've he said died that it. He died it between that one and two. I think I've said that before. <laughs> this is why you must listen to the midsections. We still drop some law. These, these are the hidden nuggets that yeah, you miss. If you absolutely. if you if you hit that skip thirty seconds ahead, you're missing this stuff. Okay, oh, no one's doing that. No one's skipping. <laughs> this is all gold, right? Sometimes you talk about things that happened four months ago. I don't miss that. Tom, have you got any? Yes, I'm going to go with Doctor Who, and I think it's very clear who Brandy, the big hoop earrings, the beautiful, beautiful London accent. <laughs> so alluring. So alluring. It's, of course, Rose Tyler. Oh, season yeah. One yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Season one to three of Doctor yes. Who. Yes. Billy Piper would definitely play. Bad Wolf. That's perfect. And then for another character, another easy cast, Whiskey, Brandy's mum. Rose Tyler's mum, whoever that actress is. Right. That's two for two there. But that's amazing. It works perfectly. Single mum, they live together. I mean, it's like I stole it. <laughs> Uh, if I had to choose somebody from those properties to play Theo, I think I would go for Renegade Choice and go for Natalie Dormer. Not quite the same stature, not quite the same build, but I think that she could capture that kind of austere, intelligent, but also strong capacity that is so central to Theo. So I'm going to go with that. Love it. So Game of Thrones, I'm going to use a Game of Thrones one. Give me a character. For no, as in, from, as in, us. from us, yeah. Calico. Yes, Calico as Peter Baelish. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Aiden Gillen. Aiden Gillen. That's his That's name. That's great. Perfect. That's a great right? shout. Who obviously listens. Hey, Ewan. How you doing? I was seeing Tyler as Michael B. Jordan. Oh, yes. Just like, it's a bit tall, Michael no. B. Jordan. Wait, that kind Michael of like, B. Jordan, Michael in Jordan any been in any of these films? Or do you just really want oh, to cast yeah, no. Michael <laughs> B. Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> I just really want to cast Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, we're, we're adding Black we're, Panther. We're Black Panther's in now. the mix. Yeah, it's in, it's in. Okay, fun. Thanks, guys. For me or forever. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? Kaputo. It's Kabuto. No! Kenny's back. Back in the room. <laughs> All right, I don't care how many ragtag rookie trainers there are here. I want Andros, and I'm going to take him. Sword starts dashing. Boop, 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 and then boop. I say, Kenny, move! Kenny, move! <laughs> Kenny, yeah, Kenny, bye Kenny, bye guy, bye guy! Kenny, you literally come back into the room, water spraying everywhere, and there's just this sork <laughs> pounding the floor coming towards you. Kenny doesn't move and sends Raul out. Bowtie, go! Brandy sees Theo. Oh, Theo, thank God you're here! I know you just got here, mate. But this is the guy that destroyed the church, so I, I know you're going to want to say something. Oh, it is on. You're using Wimpy? I think Wimpy backs off. I think Wimpy... <clears throat> It's just looks are just like, I can't. Not feeling that right now. And Brandy doesn't want to do it to Wimpy after the after the hard loss. Yeah. We're going Skaroopy. After that chat about Pokemon Champion, it feels appropriate to send out Skaroopy Pokemon yeah. Champion. Okay, you're using Bowtie? Technically, Magikarp has fainted still. Okay, so you're using Bowtie, great. And you're using Kabuto. Kabuto. Note to listeners, we are using Pokemon Journey's combat system. That's Pokemon Journey's combat system. Enjoy. Give me some speed. Battle music, go! One. One. Both has to be just one. Oh, it's quite slow. Okay. 
What's Kabuto's? Two. Oh. Gary? Two. Roll a quick d20 to find out who goes first. Gary goes first. Okay, Sork is first to act. Sork's quicker than a two. It's a surprise. That's <laughs> <laughs> a powerful Sork, man. It's a three on one as well. Here's what happens. Sork sees a small rock with legs and it's going to use a rock smash on Kabuto. Oh. Going to roll d20, see if it hits. It's a six, but with an accuracy check of two, that is a hit on and the Kabuto. Speed. What's Kabuto's speed? Two. 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 Two, four. It's over a four, so it's a hit. It's a four, so it's a hit. So I'm going to do the damage, which is a damage base of three. Three to six. Plus three. Plus your attack. Oh, plus my attack, sorry. Oh, let's forget why I imagine it's quite a large attack. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh. Plus six, so 19. Okay, minus nine for defense. So 10 damage. Okay. Oh, but it's super effective, of course. It's That's a plus five. So it's a plus five, so 15. 15. So I had 40 hit points to start with, so it's down to 25. Okay, so yeah, so Sork charges again using the momentum. It's, it's like a shoulder barge. Bill Kabuto goes flying backwards into the fountain and smashes bits of debris flying out. And Kabuto sort of imprinted into the fountain, looking a little bit shocked to have entered quite such a powerful battle so quickly. Just wanted to be a hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Gary. Gary's a bit of an idiot. Compared to Wimpy, who's a bit more, sort of, there's a lot of front going on with Wimpy, but it hides a more sensitive soul. Gary's all like, I see. I poisoned! <laughs> <laughs> and so the Gary's gonna scuttle up. Dodging. I imagine dodging like lightning bolts. Yeah, little cast form like hailstones. cool where it's scrubby, scrubby, scrubby. And he's gonna go for a poison sting. Scrubby! On Sork. It's a 15! Huge big hit. Big so hit. hit. Is it a poison? No. No it's poison. Not a poison, unfortunately. But poison sting is normally a damage base of one. But because Skorupi is a poison type and Poison Sting is a poison move, I get stabbed, which increases the damage base by one, making it a DB2. How do you like this, Sork? It's four! <laughs> oh! Plus two is six. six. Plus my physical attack. So it's 12. Oops. Minus four defense, so eight damage. So Skorupi jinks over, stabs him right in the foot. Gets him right on the top of the foot. Okay, so he stabs it, but Sork activates an ability, Repost. Twice per scene, Sork can instantly deal 5 HP damage to any Pokemon who hits him with a physical move. And sees Skorupi stabbing into his foot and just turns into like this haymaker kick right in the center of the carapace and deals 5 hit points damage. Kabuto, what's the response? So Theo in this situation is aware that not only is Kabuto a little bit depleted energetically from the Paladins, but it's also just taken a lot of damage. So Theo commands for Absorb. So you stay on the fountain and start just sucking the air. You almost see like, you know, you see like a ghost image of someone being sucked. Yeah. You see Sork just, this starts moving and, and, and this second sort of spiritual Sork just got sucked out mm. and this turns into this green globule. Mm. Let's see. D20. Okay. Oh. Two. Oh no. With Sork's evasion and the accuracy of Absorb, that is unfortunately a miss. So Sork, through sheer indomitable spirit, pulls their own life force back. <laughs> and he's like, Sork, how dare you? Bowtie, what you do? Bowtie was face first. Can you just send it face first? Just flying. A ball. Flying, a ball of owl. flying beak first. <laughs> Kamikaze peck. With the stab and the super effective. Yeah, I'm hoping. Mm. Really hope this hits. Eight. AC two. Oh, just about hits. Roll your DB. With the stab, it's DB three. Three D six plus three. <laughs> 
Okay, that's 10 plus my attack, which is 12. That's five for super effective. Yeah. 27 minus the defense, 23. Oh, it's a big hit. Huge hit, what does that look like? It's a kamikaze dive bomb. So Sork pulls back its force from this absorb. It cocks its head one side to look at Kabuto to try to intimidate and as it cocks, Bowtie connects with the cocked head. So actually it takes it off its feet and knocks it onto the floor. Nice. Um, and because it can't actually knock it prone, it immediately gets up. Sork then does a kickflip back up. And we're like, oh no, that's yeah. intimidating. <laughs> I, I lose a lot of spirit. <laughs> what I was gonna say is that Sork's next move is counter. Oh God. If Sork is hit by a physical attack, he can use counter as an interrupt. I mean, he's next in the initiative order anyway. When he uses counter, we resolved the triggering attack, which we've done, but when the attack is resolved, counter's user was not fainted. The triggering throw then loses HP equal to twice the amount of HP lost by the user. Oh, Whoa! Yep, it's the trump card. It's the Sork trump card. Oh my word. So, what? Sork lost 23. 23, so is 46 hit points. Is fighting is weak to flying. That doesn't affect counter. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Bowtie's two hit points. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Okay, so Bowtie dive bombs, huge, huge move. Definitely damages Sork quite a lot. And you see Sork almost shaken for a second. Sork after Kabuto and uh, Skarupi moves was like, this is child's play. And Rowlet hit it so hard that it suddenly got serious. That can't happen. Yeah, and basically just leaps into the air so much higher than you would expect a Sork to be able to jump. Almost to this cloud level where the cast forms have created this environmental disaster above. Rowlet thinks that they've got away, huge hit, feeling really pleased with herself, and suddenly feels this hand on the bottom leg. Rowlet. <laughs> and then Sork just throws <laughs> Bowtie down, and there's this like anime impact in the ground, shakes the room, a few tiles fly up and around. As the dust and the hail clears, you just see Bowtie like, Oh, now it's personal. Gary, what are you doing? That's not fair! <laughs> you don't want to throw one? You can't be throwing! Could I interject with a move that would go first? Yes, in the next you can, round? absolutely. Because I have Aquajet. Out of rage and spite, the one move Kabuto had tried failed. Commands an Aquajet. Because Kabuto has been shoved into the foundation of the fountain, has actually interrupted a pipe behind, and there's been this buildup of water behind Kabuto the entire time. They've been stuck there. It's almost like Kabuto didn't even mean to use Aquajet, but suddenly it's like shot forward by the pressure of the water behind. It's like, I'm riding this, might as well make it an Aquajet. <laughs> Uh, I was known as the Michael Phelps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, roll d20. Oh, God. Come on. Okay, come on. Come on. Come on, Kabuto, for once. It's a one. It's a one. So Kabuto <laughs> tries to turn this pressurized Aquajet into an attack against Sork, but Sork, who's landed on a sort of like three-point kneel after the, the bowtie throw, instantly sees it coming, deflects Kabuto out of the way, and Kabuto's Aquajet suddenly becomes a tailspin, and they clatter into the ground. <laughs> This is mortifying. <laughs> Leo, didn't you teach battle? <laughs> <laughs> I could have done with teaching you a person. Shut the hell You really are a bunch of rookies, aren't you? Why do you think we're at the trainer school? <laughs> Brandy and Gary, what do you do? Brandy is going to start taking on some Pokemon strategy. After a fight with Heron, she's like, right, I need to start doing some moves that aren't just attacks. So she's going to try 
an access Skarupi's move, Leah. It's not going to hit. <laughs> it's an oh. AC4. Yeah. And I rolled a five, so I think he... Basically, because Scroopy tries to lock eyes with Sork, mm. but it's almost like Sork doesn't even see, because Scroopy's so small, can't even see that it's looking directly at it. Scroop! Scroop! Scroopy! Over here! Scroopy! Scroop! Okay, so it completely just misses the leer, not engaged with Scroopy at all. Kenny and Bowtie. Bowtie looking shaken on the floor. Kenny rushes over to Bowtie and hovers over him, um, rifles into his bag, uh-huh. and finds some of those medical things that he gave to Brandy. Yeah, finds a potion. Here you go, buddy. Don't worry. Okay. I'll protect you. So you're using your action to use a potion that round. Okay, great. So that just restores 15 hit points. And Kenny turns around and faces like a protective stance over, over Bowtie. You do not do that to my owl. What was that? Like, was that a scolipede voice? Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> oh my goodness! Is there any physical change to Kenny, or is it just the voice? I was gonna say, yeah. like, a sort of eyes goes purpley black. Staring straight at Calico. Calico raises an eyebrow. Very interesting. You're interesting. Oh wait, that was a compliment. Yeah, this is when Kenny become Batman. What's Batman? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean Crobat. Zubat. Yeah. Okay, so it's Sork's turn. Sork is feeling a bit more confident now. I Definitely. Mean, we're not bloody surprised. <laughs> um, After we just ricocheted around him. <laughs> Kabuto has been irritating for a while. Does a backflip, turns in the air, and is going to try and karate chop down on, yeah, on the This Sork throat. is so showy. Yeah, he is. Backflip? Yeah. Hey, if you've got it, flaunt it. And he rolls a 16. So, oh, yes, for hit. God's sake. Damage base of six. Oh, of course it is. Six? Yeah. Oh, God. 66 plus yeah, six. Yeah, because it's super effective and stabby. 30 plus Sork's attack of six. So, 36 minus Kabuto's defense. Of nine. Plus, plus five. Plus five. Plus five. So 41. 41 damage. Oh, okay. Kabuto's down. Kabuto is almost two down. Okay, so the, the karate chop lands. Thud, it's another mm. crunching hit. You see Kabuto fainted, swirly eyes. Next up, we have Gary and Brandy. And Brandy's freaking out a bit now. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. It's getting the Gary, do it! Bite him, bite him! Do the bite one! 14. 14's a hit. Oh, it's a good roll. 14. 14. Plus my attack of 6 of 20. 20 minus the Sork defense of 4, so 16. Plus it's not very effective because dark moves are not very effective on the fighting type. So another 5 off. 5 off. So 11 points 11. of damage. Okay. It gets him right in the neck. Oh. Scroopy crawls up, goes inside the kimono oh. onto the very neck and then just bites him in the neck. Sork! Sork! It's not Kabuto's go anymore, but it is Theo. Because Kabuto is fainted, you can switch out Suwaddle for a free action. I was going to take another risky manoeuvre before before Theo's angry, and Theo is also like, well, if the Pokemon aren't going to be able to do anything of note, let's do a move. I think Theo, having had success before, is going to go with a Confuse Ray. Oh, nice. Going to do a Theo move. Okay, 2d6 check. I'll do 2d6. 11. Mm. Oh, 11! Full success. So, Theo, what does it look like? Theo doesn't step in because Theo is way too wounded. And also, Theo doesn't want to draw the attention of Sork. I think that there is a general tempest building around Theo. Theo remembers this vibe from when Theo was in the the weather room from before. Nice. What if you meet the same cast form that was in the thing and just gives you a little... Okay, great. Yeah. So the cast form sends it on an air current. Yeah. <sighs> cast form. And the air turns that lilac colour again that it did the last time, so there's a cyclone of lilac light that okay, goes great. through the room. I think what's fun is that Sork doesn't realise they've been confused. This sneaky lilac gust just wafts by Sork into those Sorky nostrils. 
supposedly calming themselves, but actually has taken in this confusing ray, which will affect them on their next attack. Next is Kenny. Bowtie yes. has re- recovered some hit Bowtie points. Recovered hit points, and I think Boyd, by feeling a little better, Bowtie kind of clambers up on Kenny's back, hovers up, and dives down again for another pet. Nice. Oh, completely misses with no. a one. A one! Oh no! Guys. I guess with the weather in the room, it makes sense that we're all absolutely <laughs> yeah. useless at his. Yeah. Well, maybe Bowtie tries to ride the current that it just noticed, but actually it's too sort of powerful and pushes Bowtie like past Sork. So Bowtie misses completely. So we come around to the top of the round, which is Calico and Sork. And Calico looks around the room. Sork, there's plenty of debris in this room. Sork gives him a nod and reveals his final move which is Rock Tomb, and he's sending that at Bowtie. Oh, God. Um, it makes sense, by Sorry, the way. Sorry, he's, he's, Calico's a, a horrible person. I apologise on his behalf. <laughs> <laughs> oh! So we rolled a, a three on his d20 for his Confuse roll, which means Saw takes Calico's command, sees the destroyed fountain and all the, the brickwork, and thinks, yeah, I can handle this. Sork, Sork strides confidently up, goes to kick up the rocks again, almost like they kicked up the timber and smashed it to send them flying back at Bowtie. But suddenly, there's this whoosh in their brain. The senses are suddenly heightened, and the flashes of thunder and the rain and the hail and everything suddenly sends Sork into this crazy trance. And Sork, ready to throw it, gets confused, and the rocks come back down onto Sork. <laughs> Takes the hit, and it's actually looking a little bit scared, a little bit worse for wear now. Uh, next we have Brandy and Gary. Gary is obviously in the rocks with Sork. Obviously, dodged the rocks. <laughs> obviously. Uh, Went back in the kimono. He hid in the kimono. Oh, Sork was so confused, he just tried to protect, to protect Gary. <laughs> so Gary just goes for a bug bite this time. So I think almost like you see the rocks around him in the darkness. Sork sees two eyes, sinister eyes and a shiny bang sort of screwy. That's a 15. Beautiful. So that's a hit. 11. 11 on a bug bite. Minus the defense, so seven. Yeah, Sork's not looking good. Next, we've got Theo. Yep, so I think Theo goes to echo what Brandy's been doing and just goes, well, that looks like it went quite well. Go, Swaddle. Yeah. <laughs> so Swaddle finally comes out. Swaddle. <laughs> looking very pleased with itself. Swaddle. And Theo goes, right, bug bite. Let's do it. You mother mucker. Come hey. 16. Hey. Thank you, Wire. All right. <laughs> So 13. 13. So Sork takes this attack, and it's not a kimono. What is it called? The, the sort of... A gi? A gi, yeah. Takes the gi off the top. Vroom, vroom. Full torso out. Ties around waist. <laughs> Sork! Kenny goes, ah, someone's joined me being topless again. <laughs> okay. Are you still in your pants at this oh, yeah. point? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, Kenny. And goes for uh, another peck. Go for it. Yes! It hits. 16. 20. Okay. Nine. So the Sork's not in their final form for that long. <laughs> <laughs> in Bowtie's head, it's replaying the moment it was thrown to the ground. And I think actually picks Sork up somehow, like bites into its neck and tries to do the same thing. But Sork is considerably heavier than course, Bowtie. And so he, he sort of tries to pick him up, gives up halfway through and drops him as he pecks down. Great. I think as well, because Rowlet goes for the neck, because that's where Sir Waddle and Gary are anyway. So there are now three Pokemon just, a weak just neck. on his neck. <laughs> and that's too much for Sork to too handle. Too much. Okay, so Sork goes down, collapses back into the fountain, staggers into the rocks, and goes down. And Calico just... Well, well, well. Clearly this unconscious swimmer means more to you than uh, to me. But don't worry. Team Nautilus remains strong. Maybe there's uh, 
some others we can recruit here. And makes a dash. Where are you going to go, mate? The door's gone. That's true, actually. The door Wait, is gone. I like that he, he goes, the, he goes door. To the door. He's like, ah. Oh no. I think at that point we convalesce uh, around him. Okay, all right. Uh, listen, 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 listen. Everyone, there you go. Suddenly he can speak quickly. We are, uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, yes, um, I, I do, I, I, we have uh, many things to discuss. That's so I, I feel we, we should talk about them quickly. And, uh, Sit down. Okie dokie. desert biome where we see Professor Honey and Candy finishing off their battle with the paladins that Theo had also been engaging with. Well, that was, uh, that was quite an encounter. Candy, you are, you are a fine Pokemon trainer. I expect nothing less from the league. Well, you know what they say, when the going gets tough, the tough gets wiggly tough. <laughs> the church will not stand for this! Oh, please! What, what was your name? I, I forgot. My name is LeBon! Le, LeBon? Yes! Alright, That's all right. my name! This is my voice, which I've always had. I will not be questioned. Hippodon. And he just sends a little blast of sand in the... Bear my eyes! Yes. Beautiful church eyes! <laughs> I don't know why you were here or what you were trying to do in our training school, but let me just say one thing. We protect our students and we protect the sanctity of the Sephiroth tree. Why were you here? We were trying to capture the culprit of the Surfloat Tower destruction. Who is who? Theo. They were a member of the Surfloat Order, and we've come here to claim them. Candy, which one was Theo? The one that explained to us on the train exactly why they weren't the culprit for the destruction of the Surfloat Tower. Oh, oh, that one, yeah. Of course they would say that. I'm a simple Pokemon professor here, but I see a student coming into the tree, willing to learn, sensitive, mature, and knowledgeable, and I see paladins coming in here with their Golurks and their bow staves, all right, melee weapons into my school. So forgive me if I am not convinced entirely by your story. A school? This place is a joke. Real knowledge is held within the walls of the church. This is mere heresy, mere attempting to understand what cannot be understood. I am here for fear, or the real culprit of the Surfloat Tower destruction. I am leaving with someone, and I believe it is Theo. All right, all right. Candy, how about we take these up to my office and leave them there for a little bit? Blast! Blast! Meanwhile, I think there's a situation... The Blastoise there? What? <laughs> Blastoise! <laughs> I think there's a situation that needs to be sorted out with these cast forms and all, the, all these poor spectators that were trapped in the swimming pile. <laughs> Which comes with, like, all the streets and there are spectators literally fleeing for their lives. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> it's such a sunny day! Oh, my baby's caught in the hail! <laughs> yeah, we, we need to sort out this situation, huh, Candy? Great, well, lead the way. All right, to the atrium! <laughs> oh.
two weather chamber or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where all the car swarms were flooding out. And we see burst through this sort of back door in that chamber, the aid junction. Like, <gasps> oh God, the car swarms, oh God. And he runs over to the machine, all like in tatters or whatever. And you're like, I don't know. Jonathan's a smart guy. Does yeah. stuff. He, he does, just does stuff. stuff. He ran the weather department. He did. <laughs> he ran the weather department. Totally ran that weather department. <laughs> and then he says his catchphrase, thank God I'm here. I'm the only one who knows what to do at this junction. <laughs> he's like got a red and a blue wire and he doesn't know which one to do. And he gets it and then suddenly this sort of orb encompasses this sort of magical <laughs> electromagnetic... It's like an EMP pop. for the car forms. Yeah, and the car forms all like, from going into rage mode, suddenly become really friendly and like... Cast form, cast form. <sighs> I always know the right junction to take. <laughs> Is this guy just going to be junction puns for the entire story? Is he sticking around? <laughs> not, if, not if he keeps doing junction puns. Not a clue. <laughs> Let's do a little, a little time jump. In the medical bay. The meeting is happening in the medical bay. I was going to say, yeah. Teddy is looking after Asta, who's like come back to consciousness, but she's obviously in a bed. Teddy's doing a really sterling job. One Ordino just taps him on the back and goes, Ordino. Ordi, yes. Because, you know, Teddy was absolutely amazing during the chaos, was healing people left, right, and center. Yeah. Where some Ordinos were cowering. Actually, got really commanding. Scalpel. Is Andros also in the medical bay? Or? Yeah, but yeah. unconscious. Yeah. Maybe Kenny, maybe, is with Andros? Calico's tied to a bed in, in yeah. like, the straps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Calico's tied to a bed. It's a wrong reversal of when Brandy was in the bed. Yeah, and nice. Calico was there. Everyone's convening in the medical bay. Professor Honey comes out, right? Listen, this has been a crazy day. I mean, the tournament's off, but there's no way we can team. Oh, you think, Professor Ali? Yeah. There, are no, there are no arenas to do this. I know, that's what I'm saying. Oh, also, that helps me because I may have just been Crashed out, out in the first round. round. It's all right, it's all right. So did that mean I won? Uh, in a way, we all won. But oh. no, I mean, no, no. Kenny, you did great. You did great. There was some top, top work. Kenny has Professor been... Honey? Yeah? Le Bon? Yes. Junction? Yes. Any more? Teddy? <laughs> I would like to introduce you to Calico. Oh. Not the aide you oh. know him, oh. but actually one of those responsible for destroying Surflow Town and a card-carrying Nautilus member. Oh. And then she points to the eye patch under his hair that shows the big Nautilus symbol. No, I've been revealed. This guy's got so many voices. Yes. <laughs> he was a lot sexier when he talked like a slow bro. Oh. <laughs> well... Yes, I'm a member of Team Nautilus, and I was here to recruit some new rookie members. Now, you may think I've failed, and in many ways I have, spectacularly. Okay, well, that wraps up that conversation. <laughs> maybe, maybe I haven't. No, I'm pretty sure you have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you failed quite heavily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, no way, there's no other way you can spin this as a win. I'm a big fan of questions, but no, you've definitely failed. Well, I suppose if we have a... Full confession, as I can see that has happened. Theo, I... 
Do you? I'm I'm so sorry, but that that sentence wasn't very effective. I I uh, apologize. Oh oh, that felt good. Yeah yeah yeah. But consider your actions still in breach of our laws. You still left rather than coming straight to us to explain yourself. So I hereby excommunicate you officially. Although it feels as though you have already made your peace with that by interacting with such... Beautiful people? No, I would say regular, average, uninteresting, unknowledgeable people. Let me stop you there. These average, uninteresting people who are... Unknowledgeable as well! Unknowledgeable and boring and plain and unexciting okay, and I, I mean, don't want don't to talk, spend time with them, infuriating, well, irrational you don't, you don't people. Going on about it. Yeah, we get All it. of them have more knowledge and more excitement and more curiosity than anybody in the church ever had. So fine, let's communicate me, but I'm going to find out more interesting things than we ever had in the Surfloat Tower. <laughs> and I'm going to find the King's Rock. You do, and there will be more hell to pay. I've already been through hell three times in the last week. Bring it on. Still a child. Come on! Duran, Duran? Yes? Let's wheel him away. And Calico leaves wheeling, and he's like, This means nothing! I was just an admin! <laughs> Grunt Calico suddenly appears underneath him. Grunt Calico has been defeated. <laughs> he dropped a hundred poker dollars. Yes. Okay, so Calico gets wheeled out by the the paladins by Laban Duran Duran. Well, personally, I'm glad that we don't know why Team Nautilus are going after the tower. Glad we didn't ask that. <laughs> that would have cleared up a lot of things that now we can explore. In I have story. no more confessions. <laughs> and they get wheeled out, and it's just. A fairly empty medical bay now. Andros is there, Kenny's there, Theo's there, Brandy's there, Honey and Candy. Fairly empty. Okay. <laughs> and anniversary, and an Ardino. And many Ardinos. And uh, Asta. Do we say Asta? Yeah. And the baby got hit by a hailstone. <laughs> <laughs> and the camp cast form. <laughs> Candy looks up and says, I would like to speak to all of you. If you don't mind, a window of your time. I don't know if you've got a rush. Be anywhere. No. no I'm not going to lie. I've still got broken ribs. Uh, yeah. Let's talk here. Theo, Brandy, Kenny, you've all performed amazingly today. Whether that's tournament work or just protecting innocent people. You have more than earned these trainer licenses. And she hands out three trainer licenses. I am grateful to you in a personal sense, but I'm sure there's many other people here who are grateful to you too. You're free to go, of course. But if you wouldn't mind, there's something that I on behalf of the League, would like to offer you specifically. I want to talk to you about the Pokemon League Special Defenders. Guys, we got him. Calico is down. I'm imagining the NASA HQ when that satellite lands on that distant planet and everyone throws their papers. Yes! Oh, it was tense. Thank you for listening to Arc 2 Frenzy Plant. I hope you join us for Arc 3 Foul Play. Doesn't start next week. We're still in Frenzy Plant next week, as I said, but hey. Just giving you a little a little taster of what's to come. Also, stick around for the end of this episode. Just a little bit intriguing. 
might give you a little taste of what's to come or maybe not because obviously this is a game and we don't really know where it's going to go i can't end the podcast without firstly of course thanking you and also thanking the creators of pokemon tabletop united and pokemon tabletop journeys i'd also like to thank everyone within that discord server that Stu lurks in waiting for those ideas snatches them out mm. That's what he does. He's like a little muck, little muck in the swamp. I'd also like to give a big thank you to the music, Braxton Burks and the Material Collective with the Canto Symphony and Johto Legends. Brilliant, as always. And Glitchek City, especially with that remix of Route 209, I believe, for the prom music. Search that. That's Diamond and Pearl Route 209 lo-fi remix, which is brilliant. But yes, thank you, Glitchek City, and check out their YouTube channel. I'd also, of course, like to thank the creators of Pokemon, Satoshi Tajiri and Jinitsu Matada. It would be wrong of me, probably, to ignore them and everyone at the Pokemon Company. I'd also like to point out that we don't work with the Pokemon Company at all. We are fan-made, not-for-profit. We've got no affiliation with the Pokemon Company or Game Freak at all. And finally, thank you to David, Ali, and Stu for continuing on in this journey, this odd, silly journey that 30-year-old people should probably not be doing. But you know what? We don't care. And finally, remember, go catch them all. And by all, I mean your dreams. away from the Sephiroth tree, we see the white-haired Frey perched on a branch. Groundskeeper Billy is sat next to her, his legs pulled up to his chest. Frey turns to Billy, and you told him about the passageway. Groundskeeper Billy's features melt away and take on the black lupine form of a Zororok. Zororok nods. Your instincts were right, Zoro. This one is special. We follow Frey's gaze through the trees into the window of the Trainer Academy medical wing as she stares intently at Kenny, sat awkwardly on the end of Andros's bed. We'll follow him with interest.